Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. God's grace, His mercy, His peace, they are ours every day. In the walk in this life, the steps that we take on our journey home to be with Him. God's word for our hearing today is taken from Acts chapter 2. The context for our reading is Pentecost Sunday, so we're jumping the gun a little bit in our race toward the Christian church being born in the flames of, 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 of the Holy Spirit and the coming of, on Pentecost. But it fits well with our discussion of my next steps in the building of community. It's Pentecost 50 days after Jesus rose, 10 days after he had ascended into heaven and left this earth. The disciples, a group of about 120, were gathered in a, in a, in a house, worshiping the Lord on the Lord's Day on Sunday. And the Holy Spirit came with the sound of a rushing wind that filled Jerusalem and led people to the house. They got there and they saw what looked like, like tongues of fire on the heads of all the disciples. And the disciples were all speaking the gospel of Jesus in a different language. The people of Jerusalem who assembled, who came from all over the Mediterranean Roman world to celebrate Pentecost, were wondering what's going on with these men and women that they're speaking in these different languages about this Jesus of Nazareth. Some thought they were drunk. Peter addresses that, but we're going to pick up at verse 36, Peter's words. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and for all whom... Uh, and, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and pleaded, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's a sermon in and of itself, 3,000. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they gathered to meet together in the temple courts. 
They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of our God. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, What do you and I tend to do when we find something new in this life to do or a new hobby? Don't we tend to immediately find a group, either on Facebook or in person, and we gather with others who have a similar like, and if there isn't a group, we form one, don't we? That's kind of a sense of community. Community is a common thread that brings people together to advocate for and support each other on the journey of life. As human beings, we need community and its sense of belonging to connect us to relationship that matters. Community. It can look like this. Back in November, we took our grandsons to something near and dear to my heart, model railroading. At State Fair Park, and it's the train show in the middle of November, gathered around O-gauge, N-gauge, Z-gauge, T-T-gauge, all these little trains, and some of us just love it more than our grandkids. On the left, you see people who love Irish dance and get their kiddos, their little girls, an Irish dance that teaches amazing lessons for life, Irish dance. Bottom right is my new favorite with the kid in me. That is the British Lawnmower Racing Association. And I think every good Christian sanctified man should somehow be involved with racing lawnmowers. I'm assuming the blades are no longer on them. That's living life on the edge, right? A lot of fun with earthly community until things go south. Sometimes the problem with earthly community is that something called sin gets in the way. Hurtful words, hurtful comments, hurtful attitudes that can shatter community. Or even the result of sin that is death that can take people out of community, and it's not what it once was. The community is broken somehow. And then depending on our role in it, maybe that broken community this way with people on earth gets me thinking about the community vertically with God in heaven, and I know my sin, and I know what my sin did in shattering community. And then I wonder how God feels about me, and there's guilt in my heart and in my mind, and I wonder. Which is why Easter is so awesomely cool, right? Because when Jesus walked out of the tomb... As, uh, as Brian Gore said with Lord's Supper this morning earlier, you know, leave this place with a smile on your face, leaving Lord's Supper. Jesus walked out of the tomb, I believe, with a smile, a big old smile. Father, we, are, we have changed the world. Let's get after it. Because when Jesus came out of the grave alive, he came out with the greatest gift the world has always needed and still needs, and that is community. Community first with his Father in heaven, restored through the forgiveness of sins that gives us eternal life and someday we'll spend forever with him. And then the gift of this community, where from Jesus we learn to forgive each other. 
We, were, we learn to love each other unconditionally the way Jesus loves us. And so Jesus walked out, and his next steps, I'm going to teach him community. So how important has Easter been for you the last two weeks? Or is Easter so two weeks ago we've moved on? Jesus says no. Easter is community for us to understand and to know and to share. Peter said on that Pentecost Sunday, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. Now, recognize his audience that day. Many of these same people had been there, what we call Holy Week, had lauded him as the king of the Jews on Palm Sunday, done a 180 on him, and called for his death on Good Friday. And now they find themselves with Peter standing in front of them and saying this, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. Imagine that look from the preacher's eyes. Whom you crucified. Which, by the way, is you and me too, right? My sins accounted for pounding on those nails and his wrists. Whom you crucified. God has made him both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? God has made this Jesus both Lord and Christ. When Jesus walked out of the grave alive, he shocked the world. Imagine the demons who had been dancing on his grave. No more. He walked out alive. The disciples who had, been, had doubted him, didn't understand him, and he shows up to them alive. The disbelievers who had called for his death, crucify, crucify. And then they watched the sun go dark. And they felt the earth shake when he died. Tombs had split open. And grandmas and grandpas long dead, now alive. And like, whoa, what did we just do? And all of a sudden, on Pentecost Sunday, it's like Jesus walked back into their lives through the words of Peter. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, if you're looking at your sermon notes, Lord plus Messiah equals no fear in life and death when we believe. What do the Jews hear? Lord and Messiah, they heard Jesus coming in power. The Lord who would remember that they had called for his death and he would bring vengeance on them. The Messiah who would sit on his throne and make a ruling and imprison them, if not execute them. They had it coming. But that's not what God wanted them to hear. Remember, Jesus walked out of the tomb with a smile on his face with the gift of community. Jesus came with love. He is the Lord of life and death, the Lord of forgiveness. He walked through the, into the tomb dead, came out alive. He's the Lord of life and death who wants to share it. As the Messiah, he sits on his throne to share with us the gift of eternal life. And he wants to give that to us. You and I are here because we hear what God wants us to hear. He's my Lord. 
He's my Messiah. I'm forgiven. But what the people heard brought fear. Remember Genesis 2, God told Adam and Eve, the day you sin, you'll die. And Isaiah said, though, that the Lord would lay on Jesus, the Messiah, the sin of the world. And so when Jesus stepped out of the tomb alive, he rolled back. It's almost like, like rolling back into the Garden of Gethsemane. It's, 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 it. Here I am. God says, the day you sin, you will die. Well, Jesus rose from the dead, reversed the curse of sin, paid for sin, and put us back in the position of holiness in the presence of God. Now, sometimes you and I struggle with, am I really holy in the eyes of God? I have a friend I'll call Beth that I've been doing Bible study with for almost my entire time here at St. Paul's. Went through following the promise class with me. We still meet on a regular basis for Bible study. And Beth's not quite ready yet to be part of this community. Oh, she is, through faith in Jesus. But this St. Paul's Bridge community. Not quite ready to say, sign me up. Because we'll be reading along, like in the book of Ephesians, and Paul will say, to those in Ephesus, the saints of God, I'll say, the holy people, awesome. And she'll say, whoa, Pastor Nate, not me. I say, Beth, remember, children of God, we read in Galatians. Oh, not me, Pastor. I'll say, Beth, remember, the Savior who walked out of the tomb alive with the forgiveness of sins. Do you believe in him as your Savior? Yes, Pastor Nate. Well, then get used to it. You're a saint. You're a holy person. But sometimes what we hear is fear. God says, no, remember my son. Jesus walked out alive, shocking the world and us. But he also walked out alive with the plan to begin to change us one person at a time. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The people asked, brothers, what must we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. Now remember how we always repeat that picture of repentance, right? Repentance is this 180 degree turning away from sin, which our world Sometimes this, the, the phrase, you do you, right? Let's understand that phrase. As Christians, we can use it. You do you. What that means is, as God has gifted you, as he has gifted you by how he made you, by how he has grown your faith, you do you. You like singing? Be up here and sing. You don't like singing? Sit down there. All good. You do you. But not when it comes to the moral and the spiritual. Not you do you with the moral and the spiritual. You do you then is the opposite of holiness. You do you is sin. That was the first sin in the garden, wasn't it? God told Adam and Eve, just this one thing, don't eat of the fruit of the tree. And Satan said, it's okay, you do you. And God, Adam and Eve told God to get off the throne. They sat and they made the ruling. God says, no, not in the moral and the spiritual. You see, God is the author of this of life. He's the creator of this world. And just as you and I open an owner's manual to find out how to make something work, how to run it, 
So it makes total sense that we would look to God's word as the author of creation, the author of life. How am I supposed to live? And God says, let me tell you how it works and how it will work when you love one another. So repentance is turning away from me do me, I do I, and turn to Lord forgive me for the sake of Jesus and help me do you because as you love, so I want to love. Repentance. Now you're thinking to yourself the same way I, I did and am. Yeah, but there are times I so like to do Nathan. I do I, me do me. Bad English, good English. How do we do that? How do we fight that sin? Well, that's why Peter says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, the freedom from what you've done. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In our baptisms, we were given the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts. And when we read the Word of God and hear the Word of God, it resonates in our hearts because the Holy Spirit's there. And our prayer can be, Lord, help me not me do me. Help me me do you, Lord. Help me to trust your commands on how to love. Help me to live for you. Jesus makes that change through repentance one person at a time. But Jesus also walked out of the grave alive to slowly or sometimes immediately reset the focus of our lives. We read in verse 42, these disciples, the 3,000 new ones and the 120 original ones, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They got together to the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Jesus began to reset the focus of their lives. True or false, it is easier to believe in Jesus than it is to live for him. Yeah. In reality, aren't they the same thing? Both take trust. And you may think to yourself, easier to believe, harder to live. They both take trust. If I believe in him, then I will live for him. They both take trust from our God. But when Jesus came out to reset the focus of the world, he came out with authentic community, meeting us where we're at. Think of the people we've met in this Easter season so far, right? Mary Magdalene outside the tomb. Didn't see it coming. Where's his body? I'll get it. I'll anoint it with, with spices, and we'll figure a way to move on. Jesus comes to her. And doesn't ridicule her or chew her out for not knowing. He simply listens. Who are you looking for? And then as only Jesus could do, he looked at her and he said, Mary. And it's like he took these spiritual glasses and put them on her eyes. Boom! You rose from the dead. And she, she went down to grab his feet and worship him. He said, whoa, Mary, take a step back. Don't hang on to me yet. I have not yet completed my mission. I'm ascending to my Father to advocate for the world and advocate for my church and hang on to me there. But Mary, do this. Go and run and tell my, my brothers that I've risen from the dead and I'll meet him in Galilee. And off she ran. Clear vision. Not full understanding yet, but clear vision. And she ran to the disciples where Jesus needed greater patience yet. 
showing them his hands and his feet, the spear wound in his side. Some believed, some still doubted. Thomas held out, hadn't seen it yet. Jesus in love worked with them. And then there was those amazed disciples from our first reading today, right? Where Jesus is like, oh, how did they miss it all, Father? Okay, we're going to roll it back. We're going to share. And he broke bread, opened their eyes, boom, he's alive. Great patience. And then there's all of us. Here we are today. Like the disciples in verse 42, getting together to listen to the words of the apostles, to fellowship together, to break bread and to pray. When we do that, reading this book, God speaks into every corner of our life. Refocusing how we live, how we love. Sometimes that's scary, even for us. Boy, I didn't think this would be the topic today. Maybe I should go home and our face says, no, I think I should listen. Because I love my Lord and Savior Jesus, I trust him. Lord, help me trust you in how I live. Because God speaks to every corner of our lives. Now, in your oh, sermon notes, I don't want to go there yet. Sermon notes. You have the, the, the blanks. Blank is my thing. Jesus is my king. When my daughters were little, I think both of them went through this, where somewhere with artwork or with the theme for a, a, an athletic team or something, it would be, blank is my thing and Jesus is my king. And one daughter came home with a routered piece of wood and painting and basketball is my thing, but Jesus is my king. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. I rolled that way for a long time. When I was 12, HO train sets were my thing and Jesus is my king. And I came home from school and down to the basement making grass and, 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 and mountains for my train. A couple of years later, then I'm into trees of all things. I still love trees, planting and pruning trees and I'm planting trees, and I'm out in the backyard, and plants in the house, and trees are my thing, but Jesus is my king. And then I got to be 17, and I discovered music, and I made my first stereo with a little transistor radio and a car speaker, not really a stereo, but it was mine. And every day doing homework to REO Speedwagon, a little bit of Journey, cheap trick. I was all about music, it's my thing, but Jesus is my king. And then I hit age 19, and all of a sudden I met this short blonde from West Bend. And something else became, became my thing, though Jesus was my king. But at this stage of my life, on the journey, I do it differently. Jesus is my thing, and Jesus is my king. Now, why? My brother-in-law, David, has been under a lot of stress the last eight weeks. His wife, Lisa, 61 years old, has been in hospice care for cancer for eight weeks. Last Sunday afternoon, his mom, my mother-in-law, Gail, had a heart attack in hospice care since Wednesday. Lisa went home to heaven this morning at 6 a.m. 
after a long struggle. But the beauty is that Lisa saw Jesus standing outside the tomb, not crying, but a smile on his face. He had come for her, and he walked out alive to give her life. And about 15 years ago, God lit up David and Lisa's world through the Word of God as he, he brought them both to a stronger faith in Jesus. And Lisa would, was the one Lisa was the one who was strong all the way through. David's strong too. But Jesus had spoken into the corners of their life, reset their focus. Jesus, or David loves to fish. David loves to hike. David loves life. But he would say, no, nah, Jesus is David's thing. And Jesus is my king. And so we'll meet this week for a funeral in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we'll rejoice that Lisa is with the king, her Lord, her Messiah, the one who walked out of the tomb alive. You see, when Jesus walked out of the tomb alive, he lit up this world. Let's close with the last section. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and, to get, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How did Jesus light up our world? He lit it up by walking out alive with a smile on his face, but he continues to light it up through his people. He has made us to be different than the world. A place where community lives that begins when we know our sins are forgiven through faith in Jesus. It humbles us. All of us have a story. All of us have a past. But we're here because Jesus forgives us. We are saints. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are here because this community is beautiful. And it makes this community beautiful. And each and every one of us is a part of it. We're told that it was the signs and wonders, the love and the fellowship that made Jerusalem a buzz. They sensed the divine among the people of God. They live differently. They love differently. I want to be a part of that. That's the beauty of community. When Jesus is Lord and Messiah. The Almighty God is doing amazing things here at the bridge at St. Paul's in Muskego. And guys, we're, guys and gals, it's not because we're that cool. It's not because we're that special. Oh, we are special, but only because of Jesus who came into this world knowing how we struggle, knowing how we would struggle, knowing that death lives in us, and he came into this world to fix community with his Father in heaven. That's why he ascended there to guarantee us we're going to go there too. 
And then he fixes community this way. As he teaches us how to forgive, how to love unconditionally, and how to be in his word so that God speaks into every corner of our lives. So if you love this community, ask yourself why. And when you land on a great answer for yourself from Jesus, then keep on living it. Because this is an amazing community that Jesus gave us when he walked out of the tomb alive. Share it, live it, invite to it, and clap your hands as God grows his family to his glory. Because Jesus rose and because he died, I'll introduce you to Lisa someday. A beautiful woman at home with Jesus, age 61, but living eternally with the God who died for her. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, as your brothers and sisters, we thank you this day that when you walked out of the tomb, you walked out alive with a smile on your face. For you knew the community that you had won for us. Your blood paying for our sins, your resurrection to life guaranteeing that payment for all of us. And you've left us with your promises that one day you will come for each and every one of us, either in the clouds of heaven on the last day or when we breathe our last breath on this earth. Dear Lord Jesus, may we not ever be afraid of that day because yes, you are Lord and Messiah, but you come in love. You are the Lord over sin and death. You've defeated it. And you are the Messiah sitting on your throne, ruling all things for your church and in all you're working for our good. So we have no reason to ever fear you. And on the day that we die, we will see you face to face. And we ain't coming back. We're not looking back. We'll know you and we'll enjoy the community of heaven. Lord, someday in heaven, may all those who have ever touched the ministry of St. Paul's and the bridge, or in reverse, rather, all that this ministry at the bridge at St. Paul's has touched, someday, Lord, let us gather in heaven and invite others to that fellowship time and simply praise your name that the community you forged here through the blood of your Son and the preaching of your word lasts forever. Lord, we think we love singing now. Wait till heaven when it'll be perfect to your glory. We pray all these things in Christ's name, to which God's people say, amen. And let us now gather all of our thoughts, all of our prayers, and let's put them together in that prayer our Savior taught us. Words for us on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now receive with believing hearts the blessing of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face 
to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and keep on bringing the peace. And God's people say, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.